0: Hello and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Open your Bibles up, if you would, to John chapter 6. We are uh, in a series right now. just a kind of a short series but uh on the seven signs of Jesus in John and uh, this is the fourth sign that we're going to be looking at and I am just praying right I've been this is a new kind of prayer I, I pray a lot of times and a lot of people pray for me that I would be anointed to speak the word of God you know that you know like in Acts chapter 4 it says they were they were praying and these people that were already filled with the Holy Spirit, it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were all filled and went out and spoke the Word of God boldly. So that's kind of, I'm always just like, Lord, fill me for this, this, this bit of ministry before me, you know, and I think that's a good prayer. Yeah. But what I've started praying is for you guys, that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit for engaging in the sermon together with me. So I, I think that's a good prayer. Like, Lord, fill, fill you for listening. The, the thing is, it's like, um, uh, we do this together. And it's, it's, it's different. It comes out different. Like, a lot of times I go through these with Kim, and she's always like, it's amazing. Like, what you shared with me on Saturday wasn't what came out on Sunday. And it's because of, it's because of you guys. It's the power of the Holy Spirit together in community that we read the word of God in a much more powerful way than even just by ourselves and so uh spirit of the living God spirit of the living God come and anoint us to uh read your word together to be together to have fellowship together um yeah in the name of Jesus I was praying over in the prayer I can't do a lot of this where I'm just not on the notes because we got a long way to go but uh I was praying over there with a bunch of people. We'd have a couple of different prayer meetings on Sunday mornings. And uh, uh, one brother had a word filled. And he just like, we're going to be filled, you know? And I was like, that's really good. Because I also, I've, I've been doing this thing where I wake up and just, Lord, what's the first word? The first word you want to speak? And just it, getting some good stuff. And the, what I got this morning was love. I was laying there and I was like, first word was love. And I was like, wanted a little more you know like I don't know explanation or something and I was like is there anything more and and I spent my morning on that but then I went into that prayer meeting and, and it was like love filled we want to be love filled people because that's that's who God is he, he's love forever and always and we'll never be not that and that's good news so series on John, signs and signposts, uh, that we're going through the signs, but we ultimately want to be ourselves too, signpost people that are pointing people to Jesus, right? That's, that's, what, that's what we want to do. So we've talked about water to wine at a, at a wedding, we talked about uh, the new, new life in a new house, the, the royal official's son, uh, we talked last week about the healing at the pool of Bethesda, And today it's the feeding of the 5,000 and so as we're going through this series on John I just encourage you read it and reread it just keep keep going back through it and just immerse yourself pray it to the Lord and we're asking these questions who is Jesus and what does he care about and so then what should we care about as his people So who is Jesus? What does he care about? What should we care about? And that's kind of where we're going today. And remember, you know, the purpose. John's very clear what the purpose is in John 20, verses 30 and 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And I want to just put this as a seed again, that this isn't just a one-time thing, but it's believe and keep on believing. It's have life and keep on experiencing more and more and more and more of this life. And uh, Lord, do it. I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. I want, Lord, do that in my life. Do it in Kim's. Do it in my brother and my sister and us as a people together. It's interesting. I, I, I don't know how interesting. I thought it was a little bit interesting. This past week, we were doing prayer and fasting on a week, but I'm going to be talking about bread and <laughs> feeding and <laughs> the 5,000 and everybody having their, all they wanted, and they were all satisfied. Um, but we, So we prayed a lot about hungering and thirsting it just came up right there was nine prayer meetings or worship times and on the very first meeting on monday morning early the one of the first things read was psalm 63 oh god you are my god earnestly i seek you in a dry and weary land where there's no water this this sense of longing for god and then that stirred up isaiah 55 again which has just been a huge word for us a huge uh, chapter of the bible for us in the last year come to me all you who are thirsty come and buy and get 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 your soul satisfied in who God is and certainly that Isaiah 55 passage is pointing to John 6 that we're looking at today so we prayed about surrender to God we prayed about finding our identity we prayed about intimacy and joy in his presence we prayed about our hunger being satisfied in the presence of God doing the will of God remember what Jesus said the disciples came and said you have food he said I have food that you do not know about. My food is to do the will of my Father who sent me. And we also prayed too about finding our satisfaction in being in the harvest like Jesus was. As we're reaching out to people and doing the will of God, we're going to be finding ourselves more satisfied than just living self-centered lives. So one of the things that we prayed on the Wednesday noon prayer meeting, um, trying to keep all those going in my head, but there was, we'd been praying for a little bit, and it was like so-so, but then, you know when somebody prays something and everything just breaks open? The roof got lifted off, and somebody prayed for you guys. It was praying for everybody, when we come in here on Sundays, for everybody to be expectant. And maybe we've lost some expectancy along the way, but the Lord wants to stir that up. He wants to stir up real longing and desire in our hearts for Him. Uh, He's the most wonderful, satisfying uh, person, Savior, God that we could ever uh, hope to know. And so we want to see our need for Him. That's what He's talking about today too. And see places where maybe we've been eating some... uh, uh Twinkies or you know just uh, you know what the shelf life of a Twinkie is The world may never know. They it's it's they they haven't gotten to the end of it as far as I know. I I heard years ago that they've been looking at one that was uh kept going it was 25 years old and uh that's not right is it? <laughs> so you're like somebody's going to go you run Twinkies for me. I'm um, They will keep going. They just, I don't know where, uh, help me, Lord. Um, So so what we're talking about today is finding our satisfaction, the true deep need of our hearts being fulfilled in Jesus, in knowing him, in prayer. Um, So somebody was praying over there, it's not praying, we stopped and he said this, but uh, he said it's like cotton, it's like Jesus compared to junk food is like cotton candy, Like, the more you eat of it, the more it's not going to satisfy you, right? It doesn't fill you in a way that's healthy. Um, And be blessed at the fair, everybody. Um, um, So here's the main thing today. This is what I'm trying to say. We're going to read a lot of scripture here. But the main thing is that God wants us to believe in Jesus and, and believe that he is the true satisfaction for the deepest hunger that we have in life so there's two parts of this open to John 6 verses 1 through 15 and let's stand to honor the reading of the word of God now for this first reading I won't we won't be up and down the whole time but um, yeah this is this this is the sign and then we'll Jesus is going to explain that in this next portion that we'll read afterwards John 6 verse 1 sometime after this Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus sat, uh, went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will it go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of tall of grass in that place, and they sat down, about 5,000 men were there. And Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed it, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted, satisfied. And he did the same with the fish. When they'd all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. And after they the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. This is the word of God. We say thanks be to God. Amen. Have a seat. So, fourth sign, there's so many levels to this thing, but I I just, for starters, this is a a miracle of abundance, kind of like the water to wine abundance, like 900 bottles of wine. That's abundance. And so now you've got food being created. Again, we're making the connections from the prologue. So Jesus is the creator, and he's able to speak and, and multiply all of this. So there's that incredible uh, abundance level. Another level is the, pe- the people or the boy coming and offering. He's uh, this, this little simple offering. I've got these five loaves of bread and two small fish, but he brings that and offers it to Jesus. And there is something for all of us in the offering. And the Lord wants us. So that we face all kinds of fears and reasons why we don't want to sometimes, but when we offer ourselves to the Lord, he will take it. And all the synoptics say, he broke the bread. And there's something there too, uh, the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so what he takes, he breaks. And what he breaks, he blesses, so that it can be uh, a blessing to the people around us, to to the people around us. So what he takes, he breaks. What he breaks, he blesses. And that just uh, is awesome. And then there's a third level that I want to see here, us to see, and that is the response of the people, which is to do something with Jesus that he's not wanting them to do with him, and that is to make him king by force. And there's a lot of uh, reasons, there's a lot of Messiah types at the, that time, and they wanted to get out from under the rule of the Romans, and so they're going to make him king by force, which is... Uh, you know, it's, it's a temptation for us even now, right, to, to take Jesus and make him do what we want him to do rather than what Jesus wants to do himself or to, to lead us into. Um, I spent some time uh, this past week thinking about the temptations of Christ, and one of them in Matthew 4, 4, when Jesus answers Satan, Satan says, turn these stones into bread and I thought, you know, this, this whole chapter is kind of Jesus' answer. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He is the word, right? He is, and he's gonna say it here very clearly, I am the bread that's come down from heaven. So uh, that's a, actually a really good transition to how Jesus starts explaining what the miracle is and that he is the true bread. And so, um, as we get ready to read again, I want to also just point out that this uh, this explanation that he's giving here is all done in a synagogue in Capernaum. So they've gone across the sea, and we'll talk about this next week, uh, Jesus walking on the water. But they've gone across the sea, and it's he's doing the teaching while he's in the synagogue. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because it doesn't... it. it, it uh, it just seems like he's outside not literally in the synagogue and what you're going to see is him interacting with people that are talking there and it could be even like the Torah readings in the synagogue that they're asking questions to Jesus about and if that's really what's going on and they're talking about manna in the desert as the Torah reading in, in, in the in the synagogue that day it was just fascinating to me that how Jesus is going to then interpret and reinterpret what had happened with Israel. So let's read on. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What do we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. That's quoting Exodus 16. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you this bread from heaven, but it is the Father, my Father, who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise Him up at the last day. At this, the Jews began to grumble about Him because He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can He now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and he's quoting Isaiah 54 here. So Isaiah 54 and 55 are definitely in play in what's going on in the synagogue. Again, maybe it's the reading. We don't know. But everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. And no one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father again point just think about the the one and only son from the prologue he's the only one who's seen the father and has made him known has exegeted him he's the only one who's seen the father very truly verse 47 very truly i tell you the one who believes has eternal life i am the bread of life your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness yet they died but here is the bread that comes down from heaven which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats the bread will live forever. This is my flesh, which I will give for the life. The bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. Okay, so just some things that are happening here. Passover is near, and y'all remember what Passover was about. Passover was about the Israelites being delivered out of bondage and through the Red Sea and into freedom, and they go out into the wilderness, and they are fed manna from heaven, bread, it, it, manna. It's bread, bread from heaven, but uh, literally in Hebrew means what is it? Yeah. manna. What is it? It's bread from heaven. And uh, so, so that's the context. Jesus is reinterpreting. The whole Exodus story, the whole deliverance of the Israelites, and he's now embodying that deliverance in his person. God in the flesh has come, and he's fulfilling and living out and recapitulating this whole story in and around his own self, his own person. Jesus, not the manna. Jesus is the true bread from the Father that's come down from heaven that that we're to eat. And it's, 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 hard for us to, we, it's hard for us to think that way, but then it's hard for us to understand that God became flesh. And He became flesh for us so that we could be delivered from bondage. And all those, He goes on to say, that the Father gives me, well, I'm gonna raise up. And the interesting thing is, the Father wants everyone to know the Son. And you're here this morning. Nobody made you come, I, I don't think. But you probably want to know more about Jesus. Well, that's because the Father put that in you. And he's drawing you to the Son. That's what Jesus is saying there. It's the, it's the work of the Father and the Son and the Spirit together, drawing us to Jesus. And yet, there, we can say no. There's a mystery there, right? We can, we can like, in our... Foolishness, uh, say no, and shake our fist at God, and hide in the bushes, and not respond to the Lord when He's calling our name, and He's calling your name this morning. He's He's calling you. The Father's will is that everyone would come to the Son. He, he desires that, but that leads to grumbling, which is kind of like the desert experience as well. Stop grumbling. They're out there grumbling. We want, we want it this way. We think it should be this way. Those kinds of things. And then, uh, again, that I just go read the end of Isaiah 54. We don't have time to do it this morning. But read the end of Isaiah 54. Read Isaiah 55 in the light of John 6. It's, it's exciting. It really is to think that that plan had been unfolding over all this time, thousands of years. And Jesus is saying, it's being fulfilled in me. I'm, I'm the bread that that bread from heaven for the Israelites in the desert was pointing to. I am the fulfillment of that. It's fulfilled in Jesus. And it is not just, it's for Jews only, but now it's for Jews and Gentiles together, together in the family of the Messiah, the body of the Messiah. And feeding on Jesus, he says in verse fifty. Six. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me. Um, that's kind of the first main time that that meno uh, Greek word there is used. Remains means to abide. It means to remain. It means to stay. And so when we feed on Jesus, and certainly that's pointing to communion, our times of the Lord's Supper and Eucharist together, uh, and remembering the Lord, and uh, uh, you know there's, these are actually some of the most divisive points of, in church history, you know, part of the body of Christ believes that it becomes the actual body and blood of Jesus, and then a part of the body of Christ believes that it's the real presence of Jesus in our midst. We would say it's a sacrament, and sacrament is something that we do to experience the grace of God. So, like worship, and prayer, and baptism, you know, and probably lots of other things. I don't know how many, what the total number is, but, but even though there's divisions in the body of Christ about, about the Lord's Supper, um, whether it's the body, actually, or his real presence, but nobody's saying it's not his presence, if that makes sense. So we can be, you know, even as we're coming together from different backgrounds, when we share communion, and I, I just want to say this too here, is that uh, we do this weekly, not in the Sunday morning service, but we do it uh, maybe a couple times a month on our Sunday ser- services. And, but we encourage our life groups then to share communion regularly, you know, on the off weeks where we're not doing it here. Share it in your life groups. Just remember the Lord at meals sometimes. Let's, let's just share communion here together. And because what we do when we're doing that is we're, we're turning our hearts to the Lord and we're remaining in Him. And that's what we want to be doing, abiding in Him ultimately apart from the lord john 15 is going to say apart from abiding in him we can do that's zero that's the universal sign for zero i think um what's the sign for zero it's zero yeah zero okay zero there we go apart from him we can do nothing and um so feeding on Jesus, and then, but look at the, the last response, and this is important here. On hearing this, the disciples desert Jesus. On hearing this, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? And that's, that's an important question for us. Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? I'm talking about bread coming down from heaven, what if you saw me going up to heaven? The Spirit, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. And he went on to say, this is, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From that time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus replied, have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. So it's hard for us sometimes to see, uh, we think of heaven, I think, sometimes is out there, and it's hard for us to think of heaven and earth overlapping, and yet that's what, we sang it this morning, you, you weren't okay to leave heaven disconnected from earth, and you came so that you could bring heaven to earth, and that is, actually, that's the trajectory of scripture, is heaven coming to earth, Right? Uh, ultimately, in the end, Revelation 21 and 22, there's no separation any longer between heaven and earth. There's a new heavens and a new earth, and we're going to be raised up on the last day. We start participating in a life that's right now and happening now, but we're going to be raised from the dead bodily. <laughs> this is our. I, it's it's amazing how often we are so enculturated to think Hollywood versions of heaven. You know dry ice and and stuff like that and and don't realize well, the Bible actually points to a new heavens and new earth with glorified bodies, not just disembodied spirits, but he's going to raise us up on the last day and so feeding it like that's but that's a mystery, heaven and earth together like it's a mystery of feeding on Jesus and his body and his blood and yet. We want to imbibe him, to feed on him, to take him down inside of us. And, and it's also sobering to hear, like, does this offend you? Um, is, I had an old friend who would just say regularly, God will offend the mind in order to reveal what's in our hearts. You know, and so... Where we get offended is when Jesus says something that's different than what we already think. Just, you know, so we've got a worldview, and we kind of think this is the way things are, and then Jesus steps in and he says, actually, it's not like that. And this is—it's it's that contest there is the contest between God's will and the fall. It's straight up, it's the tree of life in Jesus or it's the tree of what we think, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's it's not the only way of explaining it, but that's, that's, that's a big part of it. And so we struggle with that, right? We struggle. Uh, just a good illustration of it is just a couple chapters later in John 9, Jesus heals a man born blind from birth. And the Pharisees, they, he didn't heal him nothing good comes from Nazareth. He's not the Messiah. Check it out. We know. The problem of what we know is actually a pretty big problem. The problem of what we think we know. Let me say it that way. Yeah, so uh, the guy's was uh, his parents. It was his parents' problem. It was his sin. He was born in sin. We, and so we the Jesus is doing something that they can't see because of what they think they know. And so, Lord, uh, help us to see when we're offended at something you're telling us is the truth and we don't want to believe it because it's different than what we already thought. And, you know, I've been trying to say this in different ways, but man, Lord, help us because we haven't arrived. I haven't arrived. I, I haven't arrived. I'm learning. I'm, I'm growing like crazy. Like, get a good look at me. That's why I said it because I'm changing. I'm, I don't look the same. I'm changing right now. You know, I'm in process. Don't you want to be in process? Yes. And, and so, Lord, help us. Help us. You know, we're so, just to not be offended when you're saying something to us. I think I still need to go a step further. Just, so it's like, it's stuff like, uh, y'all want to do some of this? <laughs> so, so it's like when he says, love your enemies, and there's something maybe deep down inside of us where we th- think that you know we're always right and we have a right to think of somebody else as down here because they offended us or hurt us or they're different from us or different ethnicity from us or a different could like a, w- a woman different gender from us and so Jesus is coming, and he's going, hey, I want, I want you to see this different. Come on. So, okay, John 9. So what, sh- okay, so that's a little bit about who Jesus is, what Jesus cares about. Now, what should we care about? So I just wrote some things down from the passage, and we'll do these. We're about to land the plane but uh, offering ourselves to Jesus. Like that little boy comes and goes, hey, here's some bread and fish. And that's a good, that's a good thing for us to do, just come and offer what we've got to yeah. Jesus. All right. All right. The tension, all these things have tension in them, right? Because there's, or everybody just started to be doing it, you know, but the, the tension is, I'm selfish and I kind of, maybe I don't always want to offer myself to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Amens are flying around the room and uh you know it's 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 hard there's unknown there's fears about offering ourselves fully completely to the Lord but that's that's the trajectory here is that and so we're about to do we're going to do some prayer in a little bit and so maybe it's like hey that's I want to do that I want to work through some of these tension places in my own heart um And another one is believing in Jesus, because that's what Jesus is calling them to do, to believe in Him as the bread of life, to receive eternal life, to be raised up at the last day, to believe in Jesus. And what makes that hard? What makes it hard to believe? Like to believe and keep on believing. I know we all, just a lot of us in here, we already believe in Jesus, but what makes it hard to keep on believing? Like throughout the day? It's our trials it's the hard stuff we go through. It's the distractions. It's I'm pulled in a thousand different directions. We live in the land of a thousand, hundred thousand choices a day. It's it's a challenge. So things didn't turn out like we thought. Hadn't happened yet or whatever the thing is. And then uh, another thing we should care about, offering, believing, feeding, feeding on Jesus. And Again, the temptation here, the tension is all the things that we feed on besides Jesus. And so, uh, yeah, and, I mean, you can think about things you're consuming with intellectually, visually, uh, but what we want is the Lord. And so I, I put down prayer, feeding on Jesus through prayer and communion. So prayer, I'm specifically talking about abiding prayer, not just where we're, we're, like, we just did a bunch of intercession, and that's important. We have those kinds of times as a church. But, but there's another kind of prayer um, where we're just beholding Jesus. And I put a resource in your sermon notes there, an interview with, with John Mark Comer and this guy named Strawn Coleman that I was not familiar with before this past week, but I'm reading his book called Beholding, and I'm just getting stirred up you know and so the, it's like the difference between your prayer where you're canoeing you know and there's some of that sometimes you're you, that kind of prayer where you're laboring like that and then sometimes you're in an inner tube and you're at the Frio River and you know it's just the cypress trees and you're in the current and little cliff top cliff mountain things are there beside the river and it's crystal clear and you're floating along and you're with him And there's something about we get changed in beholding prayer and just where we're looking at the Lord and just loving him and letting him love us. It's a kind of, you know, sometimes we get to a place of prayer where, uh, you know, somebody asked Mother Teresa one time, what do you do in prayer? And she said, sometimes nothing. You know, I'm just, I'm with him and he's with me, you know. So th- there's prayer, but there's, then there's also communion. And I just, man, I want to, just another word of encouragement here. Let's press in as a people together in our times of communion. It's rich, you know, and we've got different ways that we do that from time to time around here. But, but man, let's press in there. This is important to feed on Jesus and to remember that he's with us. He's, and the triune God lives in us. It's just that's, that's just mind-blowing. And we want to, to keep plumbing those depths and going deeper with the Lord. What should we care about? Guarding against offense with Jesus. And I've, I've kind of hit that already. But, but Lord, help us to not get offended by the next thing that you're telling us to do or to, what you're saying to us or what you're highlighting to us or things that we've just totally not done anything with at all but you're calling us to in a deeper way. And then the final thing I just pulled out of this is from Peter there at the end is confessing Jesus. You know, Lord, where, where else can we go? You've got the words of life. You are the Holy One of God. You satisfy my deepest hunger. And yeah, Lord, I just ask right now, would you open our eyes up in a fresh way, right now, in this moment, in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Spirit. Father, draw us to Jesus. Draw us to the Son that you love, the only one who's seen you and can reveal you to us in the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Y'all stand up. Let's respond to the Lord. Just let's use, we got a few minutes here. Let's just press into the Lord. If we could get the prayer guys to come up, prayer team, come on up. And um, here's how we want to do this. Just, man, I hope there's a yes in your heart. And uh, maybe, maybe you haven't thought about the Lord like this, maybe in your life. If there's a yes in your heart to, to him, then put your faith in him, put your hope in him, put your trust in him, and um, Lord, you're good. Uh, Yes, whatever that yes is, respond to the yes, and then if there's tension about some of these different areas, about offering yourself, or feeding on him, or, or just if there's a tension spot, then pray into the tension spot, because if there's a trial there, say, get some help just somebody to say lord help me through this help me through this time so that i can believe and trust and offer myself and and confess you in a life-giving fresh way um i think this message like all the others it's about our hearts it's about what's going on in our hearts so lord transform us meet us here in this in this moment in time you are the bread that's come down from heaven and we want the deepest satisfaction of our hearts to be met and found in you yeah so let's press into the Lord here respond to him again if you have any kind of prayer need just don't leave without getting somebody to pray if the front fills up just ask somebody that you came with to pray for you meet us Lord here today and now Jesus